Hello and welcome to Revolutionary Ideas, the monthly Marxist podcast from Socialist Alternative. After a long break, we are finally back. The last few months have been extremely busy for us after taking part in November's mass climate protests around COP26. As part of this International Socialist Alternative, we are now planning for our national demonstrations to coincide with International Day for the Elimination of Violence Against Women on November 25th. But in this episode of Revolutionary Ideas, we are discussing the history and the practice of women's strikes. We ask what is the best strategy for wiping out the oppression of women and gender non-conforming people? To answer these questions, in this episode, one of our regular hosts, Yara, is speaking with Sarah from the Merseyside branch of Socialist Alternative, as well as Becky from Socialist Alternative Political Committee. Over to you three. Hi everyone and welcome to this uh, special episode of Revolutionary Ideas. We're working uh, with Socialist Feminist Alternative to uh, kind of bring more feminist subjects to this podcast and uh, obviously go and check them out uh, on social media as well. But today's episode is going to be a really interesting one about the idea of the feminist strike. We've seen that happen more and more uh, in the last kind of five years and it's been kind of taking over the entire world by storm. And there's a lot of different ideas about how the strikes should work, uh, a lot of different methods where it has been tried. And obviously this is also not a new kind of method. Uh, we've seen it uh, uh, throughout history as well. So we're gonna talk about uh, how the feminist strike has been happening practically, but also what is behind it and what we think uh, is the socialist approach to the feminist strike. So before we start, I just want to kind of ask uh, a few questions. So we've got uh, Sarah here and Becky, both from uh, Socialist Feminist Alternative, and I'm really excited to go in. So we've all seen these strikes all around, you know, we've seen uh, these mass movements, mass feminist movements around the globe um, kind of developing and the strikes were kind of developing alongside them, which I think is really incredible. Um, and I was wondering why, because obviously we were all aware and I'm sure all of our listeners are also aware of this kind of deep systemic crisis um, that capitalism is in, where like also sexism is a very, very noticeable kind of uh, feature of it. And I was wondering, why do you think that the feminist strike started being organised? Why are they a feature of this kind of era of feminist strike, of feminist movements? Um, I think one of the reasons why the strikes have been happening is that things have generally been getting worse for women um, in recent decades, actually. Um, neoliberalism, like, cuts um to public services um and so on like that have like affected um women more but at the same time you've had a growing confidence of women to fight back against it um and I think particularly amongst young women there's just like de definitely this idea that you that we shouldn't stand for sexism anymore and I think sexist attitudes have increased but I think what's increased more is like women's feeling that we're not gonna um accept it anymore um and I think that you know kind of it's interesting to look at like why are strikes being used I think that that's probably because at the same time you've had 
you know, massive attacks on the working class generally since the 2008 economic crash. And you've seen in many countries big strikes by workers and many working class women have also kind of that you know been on strike maybe to defend their pensions or defend their jobs and then are kind of using the um the method of striking um to fight back against uh, sexism or to win abortion rights or defend abortion rights and things like that and um i know that um sarah um has been you know, is is originally from uh, the Spanish state where some of these uh, strikes have been very big. So, yeah, I might have more of a understanding of like why people have been kind of going on those um, those strikes. Yeah, so I think like there is like a very strong mood, not just in Spain but also uh, you know across the world of like new generations that are like very aware of like gender violence and like you know gender oppression or like oppression against um people based on their sexuality and you know more and more they they are saying we've had enough of this and we won't tolerate it anymore and i know it sounds like a simple reason but i think like it does explain the scale of like all these protests that we're seeing so for example like in spain like uh, the the big uh, protests and strikes from like 2018 and 2019 uh, were sparked by like this um, gang rape case, which was called the Wolf Pack, and basically in 2016, like this group of men raped a young woman, and at first, like in the trial, like the judge uh, said that it was just abuse and like, uh, you know, it wasn't considered rape because like the woman hadn't like the woman hadn't offered enough opposition. Um, and obviously that meant like a shortened sentence for uh, this this rapist. So obviously this like sparked so much anger among the population and brought like hundreds of thousands into the streets. And, you know, there were also like strikes organized in like the 8th of March, like the International uh, Women's Day. And... Yeah, it was it was thanks to like the massive pressure from the population that this gang of ra- rapists were finally convicted by what they actually did and and do a longer sentence. And I think I think another key point is the fight for abortion rights. Like we've seen how the movements uh, in Ireland and Argentina like have managed uh, to grant these rights for women, and like in Mexico, also thanks to like you know these like uh, big. Uh, feminist movements like now the illegalization of abortion it's considered like unconstitutional or in Poland like you know the far right like the government uh, that they have at the moment it tries to impose more and more restriction to abortion and there's been like a, a huge response from like you know women and like people that can be pregnant against against this and like you know trying to like have their rights guaranteed um, but yeah, so we, we I think we're seeing like loads and loads of like very angry demonstrations against like femicide and against violence against women or like, you know, gender violence, like all around the world. And, and the sense that unite all of them um, is like we we're not going to stand this anymore and we'll resist it by any means like that we need to like by any necessary means. And, you know, like in the UK, it's true that like these um, feminist movements haven't been like that strong in, in previous years or like they, they've not 
taken off as much as in some other countries and it's not always been like this uh, mass thing but we also need to point that like this is starting to change i think it's also connected with like you know all the all the crisis that capitalism is under and, and this is just another one and like you know we 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 saw it like with the pro- the protest after the murder of like sarah everard or like most recently you know um women being more prepared than ever to expose things like spiking and sexual uh, violence faced by women on nights out. So all these things point to the fact that we're increasingly like ready to say we've had enough of this and we were, we're going to fight until we like eradicate this sexist system. Yeah, and I think, you know, even though I completely agree, like obviously I'm originally from Israel, Palestine, and we've had a lot of kind of feminist action and mass movements happening in the past few years. Um, But I think also in Britain, we've kind of had a little taste of it with the Sarah Everard um, case, which obviously did not develop into blown out movement. And also there was no strike involved. But I think we're seeing how the system is not not even not improving our situation. In many cases, there's a backlash against the rights of women. In Israel, there's been three women's strikes in the past three or four years now. And the last one was in March or February this year. And it was actually quite amazing to see the the way that even, you know, the most right wing kind of uh, trade unions were kind of forced to support those strikes uh, in, in, in many cases because people are so outraged. So that the, the last uh, strike uh, was was like after a strike that happened uh, because of uh, I don't know if uh, people have heard of it, um, but there was this horrible case of a uh, um, a gang rape in uh, one of the cities in the country, which is uh, like gang rapes are something that is <laughs> becoming increasingly common in Israeli culture, uh, but obviously uh, that's not just an Israeli problem. Uh, but this was a, a particularly brutal ra- a gang rape where this uh, woman was kind of uh, really like she got really uh, drunk and there was literally a queue of men outside of a hotel room um, queuing to rape her. And that uh, connected to uh, another issue of femicide, which is what the main uh, kind of strikes and actions in the last few years were surrounding. And people were striking for like 10 minutes to an hour of their day and trade unions were kind of they they weren't the ones calling for it they were but they were getting involved in it which was uh really important but at the same time we saw kind of these corporations uh supporting like allegedly supporting these uh movements even though we know that like when we analyze it the system that brings these corporations into action is one of the reasons why we're in this situation. Um, but I wanted to ask, because we've mentioned a little bit about Latin America, and I wanted to like kind of ask you what, what you think, because I think the main kind of movements and strikes in the last few years were in Latin America. So can you tell us a little bit about what was going on there? Yeah, I think when you look at some of the um, statistics in Latin America, it's kind of not really surprising that women are outraged and fighting back and taking um, strikes. The the level of femicides um, across Latin America is huge, where 10 women a day are killed. Um, and 
in most of those countries nothing is done about it and the a lot of the establishment is kind of sexist there's also been an increase in the number of like transphobic murders um as well so it's like incredibly unsafe to be a woman or um a trans person um in in latin america and you know so people are kind of like desperately like fighting back um against that and I think also it's kind of like people are drawing conclusions about like the type of society that we live in where you have this very like very brutal like violent capitalist um system um, and that's represented in the way that the police are the way that like state forces act that level of violence that people um realize that we need like fundamental change and this was like reflected a bit in the movement in chile where there was um a song that became kind of an international and like feminist anthem um called the rapist in your path and it was like basically like putting blame for rape and violence against women on the courts on the police on like the establishment I think yeah so that's kind of um you know because the problem is so bad I think people realize that you need like very big um changes in order to get a solution um and then there's also been strikes in Mexico um where they kind of on International Women's Day they had a day without women it was kind of yeah like women saying we're not gonna do any work you know we're not working in the workplaces we're not working in the home and kind of like see how you kind of get on basically with if you have a day um without women yeah I think um it's you know we've obviously seen as well at the same you know same time like big movements in Brazil against uh, Bolsonaro uh like recently we've seen like big movements in Colombia against like neoliberal attacks so I think like all of these things kind of linking uh together where just generally a feeling that we can't continue in the old way and we need to like have mass action I think like one of the key points that you've made is uh, the idea that you know violence against women is systemic and you know like seeing how like gender violence is connected to a system that drives this and like you know seeing okay so what is the role of um the police what is the role of um the justice system what is the role even of like you know the economic system the capitalist system that we live under because like you know if 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 you have like low wages um and there are like you know uh, proper like benefits like funding for like people that are like victims of abuse um you're basically trapped in in you know these abusive relationships and like because you, you don't have the means to like escape them so you know we've seen in the uk how like uh, you know this data about 97% of women that have been like sexually harassed but then how like only 1.1.6% 1.6% uh, of rape cases lead charges in 2020 clearly the, the system is failing here you know like i mean we were talking about the murder of like sarah everard how she was murdered by a police officer using his id police id to arrest her and then the response from the police was just to like send in you know um to be to have like a really like violent response to like a peaceful you know vigil and protest um you know we've also seen like all this data about i think it's uh 666 666 very appropriate 
uh, of like police officers in the UK that had like you know accusations of like gender violence against them, uh, but just a few of those were like convicted. Not even the fourth percent of those or something like this. But it's also smaller things like for example like you know sexist um, jokes or homophobic comments or like racist messages just making your female colleague feel uncomfortable uh, just under this idea oh it's just a joke uh, and you know it's, it's these like kind of offenses that are considered like low level and maybe not taken seriously enough that like when we don't challenge them uh, you know that workplaces or like you know education then they're making up a, a society that it's like perpetuating and reinforcing these misogynistic attitudes and you know like around particularly at women's sexuality or like ideas of like male entitlement for women's bodies and going back to the case that I was talking before in in Spain this like a gang rape case basically they during the trial the, the, the rapist gang hired like a private uh, investigator to follow the victim around and you know this this investigator like gave a report saying that like she didn't seem that upset and like she basically just carried her life normally and that's uh, this was accepted as evidence in the trial which is just outrageous as if like you know you you trying to move on from like a horrible trauma um you know it's a reason to not convict them or at least to consider that like uh, what happened wasn't that serious so so many like rape cases like we were saying before and cases about abuse exposed by women end up in like nothing in terms of like sentences uh, sentencing and then the victim is like rarely believed um, and like routinely adopted in the justice system which is why women don't have faith faith um, they don't have trust in these structures to represent them and it shows that the feminist uh, movement can just limit itself to talk about changing behavior or changing the way that people think. Of course, that is extremely important and we should like, you know, avoid, avoid downplaying how important that is. And, uh, you know, we have to demand all changes that will help to achieve the goal and, you know, including like proper like sex education with consent training. And, you know, that it's also like inclusive of all like LGBT identities. But obviously this goes beyond um, just education and, you know, it stresses the need for us to confront the system um, that relies on it and, and rewards sexism, particularly among the rich and power from the police all the way through the courts and beyond. I think the main takeaway from this, like, and what you're saying, Sarah, which I think is something that's quite incredible to see in the last few years, is that this artificial divide between what was considered a social issue and what was considered an economic issue is not really correlating anymore we're not we're, we we had this, this huge period of time in the feminist movement where we moved away um, uh, the, the movement itself moved away uh, in many ways from kind of connecting it to the system it was all about you know representation it was about showing kind of how women can break the glass ceiling instead now we're seeing how women are connecting that sexism even the sexism that isn't you know instinctively connected like you said like instinctively connected to the capitalist system like you know femicide like violence against women like rape all of these things that i think require much kind of deeper understanding of the system 
women have it have this connection instinctively now and i know that in in uh uh, one of the uh, recent, I think the the one a couple of years ago, the one of the recent strikes in uh, Israel, the women's strike, the organizers said that women are the economic uh, engine of the market. And that is why we also have the power to stop this engine and not allow kind of like business as usual when things like this happen. And... I think that this is a, a realization that is crucial in our fight against sexism because once we understand that even those issues that look like they're detached from the economic reality that we live in are still systemic and they're still to do with the way that our our world is organized. Um, so I was wondering because obviously this is like a strike is not a new thing, right? Like it's not it's not something that's only uh, been. Uh, used in the last few years like we've seen it like rising but i was wondering about kind of the history of the women's strike have strikes been used before the last five years i mean women have been striking for as long as like striking has been a thing um and I think yeah, what you were kind of saying about, you know, this kind of artificial really like separation between like women's issues and like workplace issues or working class issues or economic issues. That's just like not really been reflected in throughout history because working class women have always had to fight both against their oppression as workers and their oppression as women. Um, and they've even had to fight within the trade union movement for, um, to be able to participate in it. Like it wasn't legal for women to join um, trade unions. Um, they had to kind of fight to like set up their own unions in order to like get organised. So like women in Lancashire, for example, in the 1800s who were working in the cotton mills, they were kind of trade unionists, they were active, they were like maybe taking strike action um, over their pay, um, working conditions and things like this. But then they also used these methods that they like were experienced in when they were fighting for the right to vote as well in like the suffrage movement. So we hear a lot about the suffragettes who were kind of generally more middle class women who did like kind of direct action. Um, you know, we know about people throwing themselves in front of horses, smashing windows and all that sort of thing. But the working class women suffrage fighters generally use like strike action and like working class methods like mass protesting. They like took it into the trade union movement um and uh you know organized factory gate meetings, all of these uh these kinds of things. Um, so that's kind of like showing that they used it to fight for, you know, more like social issues or like a political issue. But also they um, there's like strike. There was a strike in Russia in um, like the late 1800s where women went on strike against sexual harassment in the workplace, which like, you know, is obviously a very relevant um issue today that we've seen kind of um, strikes in recent years, like in Google um, in McDonald's against sexual harassment but um, you know that was something that was like, happening like over over 100 years ago um, as well so yeah I, yeah it's like not something um, that's new but I think it is something that kind of disappeared for a bit from like the movement and I think it's really important that women are working class women are kind of revisiting some of these like 
methods of um of struggle i mean i'm sure we've we've all like come across like these ideas um of like you know some leaders of the feminist strikes in the past saying that the role of men should uh, simply you know to do do everything they can to ensure that like women can go onto the strikes and you know the protest and they should be like absent from those demonstrations and of course i mean yeah like women should be at the um at the front of of these movements and take the lead but we really have to avoid like just isolating our movement we need to involve like you know way wider layers of workers and students and like young people and that has to include like working class men that want to show um you know solidarity with our struggle we have to avoid div dividing like you know the resistance of like the the oppressed layers of society into just like um small sections that just fight for their own oppressions like you know we we need to build a strong sense of like solidarity and actually like this idea is key uh, you know if if we want to like rely on like the collective strength of the of the working class because we are the ones who make the wealthy society and deliver the profits to the super rich and we are the ones that have the power to change things in society so i mean instead of this there might be some in the movement that limit themselves to like talk about we just need uh, more representation we just need more women in power but we we've seen through history that that is just not enough like just trying to like feminize the elite like you know it's, it's just not not going to work we want to fight for a new way of running things not based on the rule of, of an elite so you know we can we can for example like look at like Caitlyn Jenner who is like she is a trans woman and she says that like trans women shouldn't participate in women's sports because it's unfair or look at Kamala Harris you know she's the daughter of immigrants and she was saying to like Guatemala migrants don't come to the US or like you know Thatcher or Theresa May these were all like you know powerful women but Tory politicians that didn't use their power and position to help women gain their rights they actually did quite the opposite yeah I think that's something that people forget <laughs> like when we talk about strikes that's something that people forget that like one of the most you know important working class revolutions in history if not the most important working class revolution in history started from a women's strike um and i also think like you know it it goes hand in hand the the women's movement grew out of the labor movement and the labor movement grew up out of the women's movement as well like, you know when we think about the international women's day there's again something that grew out of kind of picket lines it grew out of um of a strike and it grew out of the socialist movement as well so when we look at all of these like international women's day you know <laughs> have a little uh, pamper day for yourself it's like bringing bringing brought to you by your boss it's actually infuriating to think about uh, because this this is a day that's meant to be connecting these issues it's meant to be connecting this this double burden that Becky was talking about of like being a worker and also being a woman and in many cases in many cases having more than that burden like we talked about in Latin America would be like your, your you know the being LGBTQ your race all of that are also things that are the the, the labor movement connects when we talk about striking and I think 
yes, the, the, the important thing to, to remember is that strikes are not something that's, you know, new to our movement. They are just something that need to be brought together within our movement even further. So I think another thing, like when we talk about strikes, uh, maybe one of these things that we hear about a lot and talking about Latin America, I think there was, uh, there were a lot of voices that we heard about it is that kind of question of whether the women's strike needs to be only a woman's strike or if it's, if it's like a more united strike against the repression of women. Um, and I was wondering what your thoughts were about what, like, because is is a strike action inherently divisive? Yeah, like we've touched on, there is something like very problematic about the idea of striking from sex. Um, I think it can very easily slip um, into, or it can actually like imply um, that like sex for women is just another task that we have to do for men. Um, and yeah, I mean, of course, it can be the case for some women, but um, it doesn't have to be like that so yeah let's just not pretend that women can't enjoy sex and it's just like something they have to do please but on the question of striking from like housework and like childcare I think it just like shows how like capitalism is enabled to like provide for our basic needs as women and as workers you know we can you can we can find like very significant examples through history uh, of fighting for like women's liberation being addressed through like socialist revolution. And I was reading the other month uh, about like you know on the on the website of like International Socialist Alternative about how after the Russian Revolution, uh, the socialist government of the Bolsheviks uh, set about creating like public restaurants with like cheap prices where people could go and eat or like you know publicly owned and publicly run like laundries and nurseries so you know they were understanding that by ending the control of society by the capitalist class socialist planning could be used to actually like release the burden of like all this extra unpaid work that women face and it really says a lot um about you know, what can be achieved, I think, um, even though it was like more than a hundred years ago. But like, you know, the position of women around the world has actually like gone backwards in many ways nowadays. So, you know, like, I think that, that you, we can see like the capitalist system still treats women as like, it's expected like all this like extra uh, house, household like labor that it's not paid by anyone. Um, because it's obviously cheaper for them. So I think these kind of things like really expose the link between like capitalism and sexism and how drawing on past examples of like socialists who like fought for revolutionary changes to the lives of like women provides an example that we could follow today and we can't follow today. Yeah, I think the main point that you said there about kind of how it's it's about the strength of the movement is the main point in my opinion like because if the if the purpose of the strike is just to show that we're sad about femicide or that we're sad about a lack of abortion rights then yeah maybe there is a purpose to the men sitting at home caring for our babies while we go out on strike but that is not the point of a strike the point of a strike is to actually change things and then we need to ask ourselves how do we change things using the strike method? 
and we can only do that by having the most strength that we can and that can only be done if most of us are out working and again stopping that engine that runs the market that engine that runs the system i think that gets to quite a core issue in like the debates on kind of what type of strike we need and like also how like how should they be organized as well because um they tend to be kind of the official organizations um like feminist organizations that call these strikes tend to kind of emphasize that they are like protest strikes that they're kind of yeah like days of action and this the idea that it should be about kind of hearing women's voices and things like that which can be important like absolutely um you know we do need um more of that um but what they won't kind of do is make it like an effective strike in the like in building for it in the workplaces where it can like bring society to a halt and that's like the power that the working class has is why strikes are so powerful um as you were just saying uh yara um and instead kind of you've seen you know in a number of countries things like a lunchtime strike like a two-hour strike and things like that and that can be like a good starting point for like building up to a bigger um a bigger strike but that's usually kind of where it's um where it's left um and I think that you know one of the like any kind of trade unionist will tell you that like organizing a strike is hard like it's not an easy thing to do you can't just call it and people come out um, you know very rarely uh, can can you do that if um there's going to be a, an effective strike it needs to be like built for um people need to be convinced of like why they're um kind of going on uh on strike there needs to be discussion of like what your program is what your demands what are you uh putting forward and it needs to be like well organized and that means that you need like strike committees and you know meetings and organization and all of this kind of stuff that goes into it um, I think this is particularly the case in kind of in the Latin America, kind of the official like feminist organizations, that they really kind of argue against that kind of method and they say, no, we need like non-hierarchical uh, ways of organizing. So we just kind of, you know, none of us are leaders, like none of us are kind of organizers. We just like, you know, call, you know, call it and people will come out. And, you know, I think that you know the the lesson that we can like take from the trade union movement and like women's experience in the trade union movement as well is that you know they've had to you know it's a slog you have to organize and uh, and things like this and you know we need to kind of I think like bring these ideas into um into the movement and it tends to be kind of the therefore but you know because of these things it tends to be the the strikes are about are focused on like striking from housework, striking from the home, striking from sex. You know, these are the kind of things that are put forward. And, you know, I, I just think that that's kind of like not an effective way of um of of organizing a struggle because if you're kind of striking from housework or from like looking after the kids, like it can be like a good like symbolic thing, but fundamentally it's not going to change things like most working class women can't just ignore their kids for a day or like ignore the housework for a day because nobody else is going to do it and um you know it doesn't hit the economy it doesn't hit the rich it doesn't hit the capitalist class um in the way that like striking from the workplace uh, does now that doesn't mean that women who aren't 
working can't be involved in strikes can't be involved in uh, in protests like we can kind of build those things but it's like you say kind of what are we kind of aiming at what are we demanding um and like how are we yeah how are we going to organize the most effective um strike possible yeah i really agree with that and i also think that you know when we talk about these kind of divisions between men and women i think it's very clear why we need to have kind of you know this unity and solidarity between us but we talked about so much about kind of like how we're talking about an effective method of struggle and also completely agree that um stopping from doing housework or stopping from doing sex not not only sends the wrong message but it's also not presenting a real alternative uh, to the situation that has nothing to do with you know <laughs> your partner um just because he's a man like him not him doing the laundry for a day is not actually going to change anything but I do think that when we talk about that, we, we are kind of pointing out something that should be pointed out in strikes because there's this kind of cross-class uh, idea when we talk about these issues of, you know, all women are oppressed, which is true. All women are oppressed. Like even the richest uh, millionaire woman is still oppressed based on her gender. But her oppression takes a very different kind of form than the oppression of working class women, who are the majority of the, by far of society. And I think we do need to talk about how kind of like the strike is not just a method for, you know, um, bringing this um, kind of consciousness to women's issues, but it's a method of workers' struggle. And it's a working class method as well. Uh, there's built to kind of hurt, not... Uh, you know, it's built to hurt the ruling class. It's built to hurt the profits. And uh, it comes from this understanding that hurting these profits is what's going to change society. But we also need to talk about kind of um, what it is that we mean when we say society? What it is that we mean when we say the system? Like, because if ruling class women are also oppressed, does that mean that we should let the, let, you know, let corporations that are owned by women uh, join our struggle? I think this is like a really important issue because when you talk about division, like division can happen naturally um, along class lines as movements start to develop. And I think that like probably one of the features of the women's movement in um, recent years has been that it has been kind of people from different classes. And um, you've, you saw that like, with Me Too at the beginning, how that kind of was kind of made popular um, by, you know, generally rich white women in in the US. The women's marches that happened when uh, Trump became president were also like very dominated by um, middle class and upper class um, women. Um, and I think that when you come to talk about strikes and like how you organise, that's when you can start to see some of the class differences like the differences in approach um and like going back again to the suffrage movement like that was definitely a divisive issue of like how do you organize and you know for middle class women even though they were you know incredibly brave they were women died as a result of that um that struggle it was individualistic it was based on a small kind of group um of um of women um organizing on behalf of everybody else um but actually 
they were you know fighting only on behalf of other middle class women that's like the they were fighting for the vote for other middle class women whereas working class uh, women it was like collective struggle and that's because they were fighting for everybody and they were fight you know men working class men who didn't have the vote and things like that and so i think that you know it's not just about kind of what's an effective way of organizing but how you organize can also like reflect your politics as well um and you know i think that whilst all women can um experience oppression um on the basis of being a woman if they're gonna you know, fight for real change then they need to like base themselves on the working class they need to base themselves on these collective methods of struggle that don't just fight for um you know more women in in the boardroom or in politics as sarah was saying but um you know fight for fundamental change in uh, in society and often like women that kind of don't agree with strikes that might see them as like too extreme and things like that they you know they, they're not convinced that we need a fundamental change in in society and um you know it kind of re yeah reflects their, their political um outlook so the when we talk about kind of feminist strikes women's strikes it's um a useful way of kind of bringing out in the movement like what type of movement is necessary what type of struggle is necessary and what's our program like the need to like fight for a socialist um society as well yeah i think there's one of the main points as kind of socialist feminists and why we insist on adding the socialists before the feminists is that we see this oppression of women even though yeah it does affect all the women um we see this oppression of women as kind of like rooted in the system in a class-based system and in capitalism so if we genuinely want to bring forward liberation to women we have to look at it not just you know not, not just an analyze it from a perspective of we're hurting their profits but we're also we also have to fight for an alternative that would benefit women and that would end this system that is rooted in our oppression so that is why when we talk about striking we talk about not striking against men <laughs> but striking against the system the capitalist system that is oppressing us and uh, I think that is kind of like the main takeaway that we should have from uh, like when we talk about strikes and particularly women's strike as well. So thank you so much, Sarah and Becky. This was really interesting and hope to see you soon because I can give you a little hint that we are going to have another Socialist Feminist episode very, very soon. Uh, so stay tuned with us and follow us. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Revolutionary Ideas. Make sure you tune in for next month's Christmas special. Please follow us on all of our social media accounts and get in touch on all platforms to receive more information. If you liked what you heard, please join the struggle today. See you next month.